Welcome to Engaging Life, the show where we learn about passions, well-being at work, and everything it takes to live a fulfilling and engaging life. I'm your host, Lexi Redmond, and I'm here with Rebecca Marie Jo. And uh, we're going to talk about just her life, her experience as a content editor, and her experience at Relevant Magazine. And we're just going to have a really fun conversation. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. celebrities and cover mainstream culture Mm -hmm. uh, while also covering, um, you know, Christian life, faithfulness, soul care. Um, So they have an interesting space in the culture because they monopolize, you know, these conversations uh, around both the the secular and the spiritual. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. How did you find out about that job? How did you connect it to them? So I had known about Relevant since I was in high school, I guess. Um, I didn't grow up in the church, but I found my way into a youth group around uh, 15. And um, so I knew about them then. And when I had kind of finished up my job in New York City, uh, my best friend was working for them as a office assistant, personal assistant to the CEO. So she knew that they were looking for a managing editor and that had been my role up to that point. So she asked me if I had consider, you know, talking to them and I was like, sure, of course, I'd love networking. I'll do that. And um, it just so happened that they offered me the position and it was at a time when I was like, okay, I can move back to Florida and be near my family. And um, it seemed like the perfect job. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And coming from New York, that's interesting too, because uh, it was really that you wanted to be closer to your family that you moved. So I had been working in New York for five years. I began going to school there at Fordham University, and then I started working full-time. And I um, had wrapped up some uh, some projects at Odyssey as an assistant managing ed- editor there. And I came down to Florida for about a month to live with my best friend, and I was applying to jobs in L.A., Denver, New York. I was kind of just like, okay, I'll, I'll go wherever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't imagine that Florida would be where I where I stick where I landed. Um, but when I got offered this position, you know, I really admired the work that Relevant had been doing up to that point. You know, they have a glossy, um, they have a glossy facade, you know. Um, and so I was very attracted to the work itself. And I wrote this in my blog post. I took like a twenty thousand dollar pay cut, and I was like, but I'll be you know, close to my family. And I rationalized it pro tip, don't do that. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and so I, I, yeah, I took the position, but, um, I was looking and applying for about a month between my role in New York and between getting hired here in Florida. And all of my stuff was in storage in New York because I didn't imagine I'd end up here. I literally had one suitcase to hang out at my best friend. Wow. And, um, then quickly had to, you know, go to Target and get office clothes. (laughs) But that's that's sort of, like, 
that's really brave of you and courageous to like go out and move. We actually, uh, my family and I moved about seven years ago in a, like, it was a family unit, but I moved in the middle of uh, my freshman year of high school. And so I like, moves are just big, especially when you're moving from like the Northeast down to Florida. It's a completely different just mindset, the Northeast down here. Yeah. Um, and so that's uh, really courageous of you to like move without really much much of a plan, it seems. Yeah. And then to, to find your way at Relevant. Um, so working at Relevant, I know that you said that they had like sort of a glossy facade. Can you talk more about that? Sure. So while I was there, uh, one of the cover stars was Martin Scorsese. Another one was Ira Glass. Um, we had, they, they, the magazine had uh, a lot of interesting, uh, cover stories, feature stories. They, um, they have a pretty, pretty big podcast. Um, so all that to say that they were pretty influential, uh, I would say in the Christian community, especially among millennial Christians. And, you know, I wrote about in my blog post, um, that you referenced, I wrote about how when you walked into the relevant office, it presents exactly how you want it to. It's open floor plan and it had a pool table in the front room and a studio in the back. And there was, you know, a Spotify playlist, um, you know, playing over the speakers and it presents very cool, hip, young. And that, that made me very comfortable when I first arrived because that was the kind of organization I'd been used to at in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, where they had couches and everyone worked on their laptops and it was very relaxed. And then, shortly after I started, it became very clear that the environment itself was not as relaxed as it presented. It was not as, you know, easygoing and irreverent as the magazine itself presented. And it was a lot more, um, I don't even want to say intense because I'm used to intense, but, Mm -hmm. um, it was just a lot more toxic. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, uh, a concept called like psychologically safe environments and mm. reading your pop I was like that was not a psychologically safe environment meaning that it's just like you said it, it's toxic it's not a really good work environment I know that you said the CEO Cameron Strangley that mm-hmm. he uh, had a lot of control over all things there wasn't really an HR process much of an HR process yeah there was no real HR department so um I'll set up how you and I got connected. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so Lexi uh, messaged me after reading uh, the blog post that uh, I wrote after reading Andre Henry's blog post. And Andre Henry is the managing editor who uh, took over the managing editor position at Relevant after I was no longer in that role. And we'll get to that. But um, he had published... Uh, a medium post that said black Christians deserve better than churches and companies like relevant and someone had sent it to me and when I read it you know my jaw dropped I was in a Target parking lot I like I really like Target and um, I was just like you know kind of sweating kind of nervous I was like who who is Andre like who wrote this Um, it could have been written by me because he just talked about so many really toxic um, situations between him and the CEO Cameron Strang where his authority as a managing editor was subverted and challenged and so um, I was really impressed by the fact that he had kind of been gone public with um, this blog post and I followed up by tweeting at him and say, saying hey it's not yeah. just you I experienced the very same thing and then 
the con, con um, the conjecture of both of our blog posts kind of lit up the internet and a ton of other former relevant employees from over 15 years of time came came forward and said hey me too I was also um, I also experienced a very unpsychologically safe environment and yeah yeah I, I when I because I, I think I read your article first and it was okay. just, I'll tell you what uh, struck me the words kind of just diving into it is when you were talking about the fact that you were in a meeting mm-hmm. and there was this idea that was presented that a popular black Christian rapper mm-hmm. should be seen on the cover with a noose around his neck mm-hmm. and I rem- remember reading that you said you were just like I said in the meeting like as a person of color this is like I can tell you that this is not okay that mm-hmm. people won't be like shocked or, like this is crazy yeah <laughs> and so that's the like part that really struck me and I as someone I shared with you before we just started this is that I went to a like private Christian college kind of small Christ, uh, Christian environment similar to probably relevant where there's like a lot of millennials there's a certain atmosphere and still still as a person of color you kind of feel or, or I I'll speak for myself, but you feel on the outside and that you should never really be a part of the in crowd. Um, and so reading that, I was taken back to some times where I was just like, I have come into contact with people like this. Yeah. So how was it being in that moment? And honestly, you know, our situations aren't unique. Yeah. Um, they're very real lived experiences for people of color across the world. Um, but it breaks my heart that you experience something similar. And, you know, to be honest, in New York, I didn't really feel that because it's New York City, diversity is celebrated, I had incredible coworkers, and I was given a lot of leadership um, responsibilities, and, it, and I never felt tokenized in my environments in New York, but when I came to Relevant, I suddenly, you know, totally felt tokenized and I was just like why am I being put in these situations as a double minority as a, the only woman in leadership and the only person of color I think you know I think at the time that I was there there were probably 14 staff members and there were two people of color across wow. the staff something like that it was myself and the copy editor and um yeah when when that conversation that idea was brought up by Cameron Strang the CEO to say um, it'll be shocking if we put, you know, this person, this black man in a, in a noose in our magazine and people will um, be like, whoa, what is this? You know, what's this conversation about? And yeah, and I have to be like, pump the brakes. <laughs> Trust me, it's going to be disturbing. And like, that's, that's not it. Whatever yeah. you're thinking, it's, it's not going to go the way you think. And he doubled down, he pushed back and... Um, he was really annoyed with me that I had even brought up the inconvenience yeah. of his idea not being a good one. Mm. And when we left that meeting, he was just, like, annoyed with me. Yeah, and, and I think it became even more toxic than what you said in your, in, your, uh, in your blog post. And you were just, like, I think from, like, other things had happened, I think, before that. But after that is when really it was just, like, not a good environment for you. Yeah, I kind of, um, so I don't really hesitate speaking my mind yeah. and, and um, like I said, I've had really good bosses who have encouraged that and uh, allowed me to build my strengths in that way. 
Uh, but with Cameron Strang, um, it was very clear that he wanted a yes man, and I was not going to say yes, and I wasn't a man, so, <laughs> like, it just, yeah, it just didn't work, and it, yeah. and so our relationship started fragmenting very quickly, and all the while, I was like, I'm working in this super toxic environment, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of different things that happened, like, I had mentioned, hey, let's do something for Women's History Month, and get pushed back kind of like well, what about the people that aren't interested in that and Andre had a similar experience where he wanted to fill in um, the editorial calendar with content celebrating Black History Month and Cameron had told him the same thing so yeah. I was like what you know this guy's not original in his criticism <laughs> and that was uh, w- with the content too that was along with things that were already planned for the content like planned for content so that would be in addition to like what was already set up yeah. to be published not a replacement yeah and so that that's crazy so that happened with you with women's history month i didn't know that yeah <laughs> yep 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 wow that's so i know that you said um in your blog post that like, like we've been talking about that it got worse and then you took a vacation yeah and that vacation kind of was able to clear your mind a little bit and you realize that maybe you should make that relevant. Yeah, so um, let me follow the timeline, but um, I was there from September until March, and around December, January, that's when I felt like, you know, Cameron Strang had kind of had it with me. It was really bizarre. We had a situation happen where I wanted to um, write an article that I'd worked on under my byline, Rebecca Mary Jo. I use that because the internet's a weird place and very strange place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's my name. It's my yeah. first and middle name. Um, and he and I wanted to remain consistent since I had already been publishing at other publications and at Relevant under that name. And he um, attached my last name, which is Flores, to the byline, and I kind of. Followed up with my boss, and I was like, hey, you know, consistency matters for me, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take it off. And then it was put back on. It was like, oh, this is coming from Cameron himself. We can't do anything. And I was like, that's weird, you know. Um, And consistency aside, I think it also felt like an issue to me in the sense that I was like, why is someone else telling me how I can, you know, present myself in the world? Like, you know, like, this doesn't, I don't know. It just never sat right with me. So um, his door to, to the door to his office was open, and I notified him, hey, I'm taking my last name off again. I've been publishing under Rebecca Mary Jo. And I didn't think it would be a big deal. Yeah. It was literally like, I'm just clarifying this with you. Um, maybe you hadn't heard it from me before, but, like, this is kind of where we're at. And I thought, again, that it would be not a non-issue, and I would move on with publishing the magazine. And it's not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I would think, you know, we have more important discussion, dis- discourses yeah. to address, you know, like, there's a lot more going on about in the world. About content, than- about what your yeah. actual <laughs> Yeah, about content, about, you know, the current events happening. Yeah. Um, and so I get back to my desk, and I receive, like, a paragraph on Slack from him, like, scathing, just saying, like, that I had come into the CEO's office um, uninvited and that it was super inappropriate and that I wasn't there to build my own name and that, um, you know, basically that he was taking off my byline altogether. And so it just very clearly felt like, oh, uh, he's punishing me for this. Um, and, And he insulted my writing in the same comment. And so... It just, and I and I wrote in my blog post that at that moment, I just lost it. I was, like, crying at my desk, but it was, like, tears of, like, anger and also 
just kind of sick of putting up with, yeah. you know? Tired, tired of being sick and tired. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> tired. And, um, and the next day, I was almost fired on the spot when he, you know, again addressed, like, yeah. how inappropriate it was that I had that reaction and that I was there to build his brand and, and you know, his name's on the masthead. And if I don't like that, then there's the door. And I just remember kind of sitting in shock because, you know, once again, the relevant facade is we're here to build God's kingdom and, you know, to inspire young yeah. millennials in the matters of faith and da, da, da. And it just felt like this gross contrast between what I was putting my name on and the mission that we were promoting mm-hmm. to churches and consumers and across the internet and then sitting in front of this, you know, 40 year old white man saying, it's my name yeah, we're building and exactly. da, 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 da. and it just felt like, all right, you know, this is someone on the internet said, um, relevant is Cameron's uh, vanity project and it's, it's very accurate. And it, it's sad because it is like sort of, you ask yourself the question of like, what type of Christianity is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's a very like real distinction. Me, I've questioned and said like, how, how can some of these people call themselves Christian and not? I don't know him personally, obviously, but just in general, that type of environment, um, the type of environment that you know, I I went to a private Christian school for like elementary school uh, on through. Uh, I didn't do it in high school, but I was uh, did a private. Christian school, obviously, when I went to university, and so coming into contact with some of these people and seeing that they are not as, like, forthright as Mm. they seem to be at first, and so I can imagine that was, like, disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, and at that time, I didn't have the courage to leave yet, so I was just like, all right, I got it, I'll, you know, like... I was just like, all right, play games. Yeah, I'll play. play I'll, I'll do what you say. You know, I kind of just like shut up and sit down and and kind of. I think at that point, I had really been stuffing, um, you know, my energies and my giftings, and and I, it just felt like very clearly um, he didn't want those parts of me that that were original or would push back or would challenge him even. So it yeah. just felt like I was like just you know just showing up to work, doing what I needed to do. Yeah, 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 and just really um, stuffing my voice. Like, it felt like I was like, all right, your voice isn't welcome here. Your voice doesn't matter here. So just, like, just, you know, forget it. And I um, went on vacation in March, and um, I was gone, I think, nine days. So I think it was, like, seven altogether with the work week. And um, uh, when when I went on vacation, it was, you know, like, the lights turned on, and I was relaxed and I was free and I felt like oh this is what Rebecca feels like like yeah. this is what happiness feels like and and when I returned um you know I, I came back on a Wednesday and I showed up to work the very next day and and was there um but when I had to return to the office it just felt like I couldn't stuff my voice any longer I couldn't play the game yeah and so I guess it was like you know from January to March it was two three months of just feeling um, really disenchanted mm-hmm. with the publication as a whole. And um, the reason and Andre Henry's blog was so impactful to me was because, one, um, I read his blog three years after I left Relevant. Mm-hmm. Two, um, 
you know, it was really powerful for, for me to realize that I was not the only one that had such a toxic experience with Cameron Strang. And three, for the week following that post that I published, I received essays in my inbox from other people that, yeah. um, you know, former assistants or former editors that said, like, yeah, he threw a phone at my head once, or he, you know, and just kind of yeah. divulging all of these, you know, things that they had also yeah. kept stuffed inside, and I was just like, this isn't okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's it's a matter of unchecked power and privilege, and um, it's a really sad situation because it's kind of ongoing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that you got, like, this sort of outpouring of, like, thank you for sharing your story. How, what was it like to get all of those stories? Because I know you mentioned that, like, you, you got them, but, like, what was the feeling of, like, I know it was just, like, this, I'm not the only one it happened to, but w- was it sort of, um, validation, you did say validation, but it, was it also just, like, thank you, or, like, lethargic, or, you know what I mean? Yeah, um. Uh, cathartic, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no worries, but I can't word. <laughs> um, I mean, at first, you know, I think it was really heavy, mm-hmm. um, just because it, there was a lot of of trauma mm-hmm. in you know these messages that I received that that I was upset that like people had gone through it to begin with, but um, but then I think it just really made me fall in love with the medium of sharing your story of writing again because. I was like, wow, this is how powerful our journeys are when we share them and we when we bear witness to them. Um, so to wrap up the relevant saga, um, I came back from vacation for three days and I was super depressed in the office, I'm sure, and just was kind of like not feeling it. And unbeknownst to me, someone that had started with me had just put in the resignation that week before I got back. So um, Sunday night, you know, I'm back Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's the weekend, Sunday night, I'm watching a show where in the show a writer is at a prestigious program at the University of Iowa, and it's just like not what she thinks it is, and she's kind of in the show dealing with her own disillusionment, and I just started like bawling, like I was just like, this is me, this is what I'm feeling, like, all right, God sees me, and he knows that I'm really struggling to, to bring this home and to, to stay faithful to like all of these things that I think I'm supposed to build here and all the people that trust me with their words yeah. in turn. And cause I had great relationships with all my writers and, um, and I really valued those relationships and I just felt like God letting me know that it was okay to let go. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I would have really worked that out following that that night because um the next day I had called into work just kind of said you know I told told my boss that I needed the day to um recover from jet lag and truthfully I kind of needed the day to be like what am I going to do with work because I can't quit without another job and and I just was trying to figure a lot of these heavier things out and by noon and he emailed me back and said no problem take the day like take care of yourself and by noon, Cameron Strang had sent me a 500-word email firing me. Um, and uh, and I was like, okay, there's my answer. Yeah, wow. <laughs> uh, so um, one part that I didn't include in my blog post is that my friend had invited me to join him and, um, join him and his friends in Cuba. And I'd been like, I can't. I don't have any more vacation. Wow. And the first thing I did was like, we're going Not to Cuba. Cuba. <laughs> Where, when do we leave? <laughs> So that was really great. Yeah, and I don't want to, like, minimize, because that's a really hard situation, but I that's really cool to hear that it was just 
that you were going through that and kind of questioning that, and you were like, no, let's forget it. Let's finish <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, uh, I, the story still shocks me because it's just, it's so prevalent, right? And, like, everybody has these sorts of stories where they, like, have uh, trouble with their boss, uh, obviously, in the, in the, Christian bubble that sometimes we live in these it just can be really hurtful because you don't expect that behavior to come from people right that are so... and there's a spiritual component exactly exactly yeah. and and you're just like how how can you do this yeah. how can you how can you act this way and so the fact that you went through that and that you were able to use that and tell your story which I think that's why I really wanted to interview you is that you were able to tell your story on that blog post and really, like you said, you and Andre both have this catalyst so that all of these people were, like, willing to share their story, and I don't want to, like, minimize that because yeah. it's really, really big. It was amazing um, because, you know, what the, what the fallout of that for Relevant was that, you know, there, was so, there were so many people that came forward online mm-hmm. essentially saying, me too, you know, yeah. I went through this under Cameron Strang's leadership too, and, and the one factor being isolated over and over and over and over again in all of these individual stories was Cameron Strang. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, everyone there is mean or it's a really dog-eat-dog environment because it's not. And my coworkers, I have great relationships with them to this day, or the people that I worked with. Uh, It was Cameron Strang. You know, he would come in some days really chill, ready to shoot the breeze and talk to you about the latest movies or whatever and he seemed like the coolest guy or a guy you'd grab you know a beer with or whatever and then other days he would come in and you just felt like like you wanted to stay out of his way or he would skewer you yeah. and and insult your your work ethic or insult your haircut or mm-hmm. it just felt like you know there there were there were days when he he really wanted to build his ego or, or comfort his own conflict inner conflict by by working it out on someone else, yeah. and that's not okay. That's yeah. never okay. Exactly. So um, a few of us collaborated to put out a formal statement, you know, kind of re- reiterating that, that it's Cameron Strang who's the source of this toxicity and this this abuse and that it spanned 15 years of time. Yeah. And um, I think it. I think the last I saw it had 40 signatures from, from different yeah. people. So I'm really thankful we were able to take it that far because yeah. I certainly didn't imagine that it, the internet would yeah. respond. Yeah, and he did step down, which he wasn't going to do it first. So yeah. <laughs> he, did, he did step down and hopefully uh, to, to you know work on himself and hopefully he he works on himself. <laughs> yeah. I'm a I am wary um, but I did, yeah, I just saw there was like an Instagram post that was posted the other day where somebody was saying like, oh, you know, he's taking taking the punches, and it was just like... She's turning really? the other cheek yeah. punches, and I was like, it just, it's like those darn kids on the internet called me racist. I know, and it's just... It's like, don't be racist! Exactly, exactly, and it's just take accountability yeah. for what you've done, and and don't try to skirt, skirt the system. And I, yeah. yeah. When people... Yeah, and I don't want to minimize like the fact that we all make mistakes, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. 
from the very onset of this, I've never wanted to, to appear haughty or that I'm like, you know, throwing stones at, yeah. at Cameron yeah, String, yeah. but it, it certainly feels like there is a way to be accountable and make restitution. Mm-hmm. There is a way to do that in the world, and there's a way to begin undoing the harm that you've done, but it, one, doesn't happen with a three-month sabbatical. Yeah. Two, it doesn't happen while... You know, there are different reports saying that, you know, he's taking this less seriously privately than he is publicly. And three, you know, you you got to account to the people that... Yeah. that you have to do the work. You have to, to do change. the work. Yeah, yeah you have yeah. to do the work. And um, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> getting back to focusing on you, what are you doing right now uh, in your career now that that whole season of your life is <laughs> over? Top 
wonderful story of someone's journey in the world and trying to like figure it out as we all are. Yeah. Um, I just picked up Rachel Held Evans' book, oh. Inspired. Oh my goodness. Very excited yeah. to dive into her work since I never have before. So I think memoirs give me a lot of life. Um, I like non I like fiction as well, but I take longer getting through it because it doesn't feel as like, I like the yeah. greediness of people's yeah. life. Um, awesome. And um, hopefully working on a book proposal soon myself. Uh, that's the Please first time I've me. said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's wow. Congratulations. Thank you. And then uh, my dog Raya keeps me busy and um, planning a wedding. Oh, so wow. congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So just a couple things. Yeah, just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> well, like her life, I hope your life is ever engaging. <laughs> Take care.